Welcome to Wisdom Talk Radio, a collaborative community of explorers in conscious living. Welcome. This is Laurie Seymour, founder of The Baca Journey and host of Wisdom Talk Radio. Just wanted to let you know that I'll be heading soon to the south of France to teach the Terea Touch Level 1 training. Join me there March 23rd to 25th. But today, today, I have the opportunity to welcome Ezzy Spencer. Ezzy Spencer wants people to flourish. She trained as a lawyer, worked in government and nonprofit sectors, and earned her PhD in women's well-being and justice after violence. While looking into her own self-care, she developed Lunar Abundance, which has reaped results for so many women through Ezzy's one-on-one coaching sessions and the support of a flourishing online community. She is the author of the book Lunar Abundance, Cultivating Joy, Peace, and Purpose Using the Phases of the Moon. And This book is being finally, finally, finally launched in the U.S. just around the corner. And we'll have the link to be able to purchase Ezzy's book in the show notes at the bottom. Ezzy lives in Sydney, Australia, and she's joining us there from there today. Welcome, Ezzy. It's been so long since I've seen you, and I'm delighted to have you with me today. Laurie, it is such a pleasure for me to be here today and agreed. It's been years, I think, since we've actually seen each other in person. It it has been. Too long, too long. Far too long. (laughs) (laughs) So, boy, there's so many things I want to ask you about and talk with you about having read Lunar Abundance. And and for for the listeners that have joined us today, I want to say that this is a book that you will want to to have, you will want to have the hardback version. I don't even know if there's going to be a a Kindle version, but it is so beautiful and beautiful to hold and read through and and really feel the depth of of all that you put into it. Mm, Thank you so much. I really wanted the book to be a living embodiment of the practice. Well, that's a good place to start. So, what is lunar abundance? What does that mean for you? What, what is that? Why have you entitled your big work here, Lunar Abundance? Mm. Well, lunar abundance is a personal practice that I developed slowly in my life over time because I really needed something. I needed a practice which was going to help me to basically come back to myself, to cultivate self-knowledge, to cultivate a deep and rich relationship with my own body, my own wisdom, my intuition, my heart, my soul, my cycles, a deeper connection with this earth that we're living on. But at the time as I was creating it, I wouldn't have been able to articulate any of that because I didn't know what it was that I was missing. But what I did know (laughs) about 10 years ago when I was working in the law, 
and in that very, you know, push hustle mode that so many of us are familiar with when we've had a, you know, traditional mainstream career and we're mm-hmm. going through all the motions, <laughs> all the kind of external achievements and, um, and so forth that are very celebrated and valued in our modern Western world. What I did know is that I was missing something. There was something elemental, in fact, that I was missing. I was disconnected from myself. I was living from the neck up in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. So I was seeking. I really was seeking to find that sense of what was missing in my life. And I started to look up at night and reconnect with the moon. I should say reconnect, not connect, because as a little girl, I was always fascinated by the mystery of the moon cycle, as I think so many women are. We have that innate curiosity when we're little about something so much bigger than ourselves and, mm-hmm. you know, the magic and the, and, the, and the mystery and the poetry that really mm-hmm. comes from that glowing orb in the sky. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I lost that connection when I, you know, got, in, got onto the, the treadmill or the conveyor belt of life, if you will, and, mm-hmm. you know, I... I got into the very rational, logical, linear way of thinking and I needed to come back to myself. My heart was yearning for it. And so I started to work again with the moon or work consciously, I should say, with the moon about 10 years ago as I was writing in my journal at night, trying to locate that sense of what was going on for me. Why did I feel a little amiss? And I would draw in my journal a little phases of the moon you know the pictures of where mm. the moon was mm-hmm. you know by the phases I mean the full moon is one of the eight phases of the moon that I work with now and I would draw in these phases of the moon not because of any rational reason but just because I felt drawn to because I sensed there was something there and what I found is that over time and not a lot of time actually just a few months, a few moon cycles, Mm -hmm. I started to notice there was a correlation between where the moon was in the sky and how I was feeling Mm. and what was going on for me. And those, you know, correlations, those matching up of where the moon was in the sky and and what was happening in my inner world and also my external world um, was really something that repeated over time. So it became something following the moon cycle and connecting with the moon in this way helped me to cultivate a much, much deeper sense of knowing of myself, who I was, what my energy flows were. And I started to move with the flow of life a lot more as I was working with the moon cycle in this way. And because it was so interesting to me, I sort of went a lot deeper and I started to consciously harness the energies that I was feeling to set an intention at each new moon and become a little bit more I suppose, in charge of me and my life and what I wanted to create in my life by putting my attention and awareness in a particular area of my life, whether that be health, vitality, you know, romance or financial abundance in each moon cycle. I'd work with it throughout the entire moon cycle. And and this is the practice which has become lunar abundance, um, which I've taught now for a number of years and, and which is laid out in the book. But that sense of abundance being very much linked to the sense of us having an agency around what it is that we can create in our lives, but also 
having that sense of it being very much a state of mind, abundance being very much a state of mind, that there's more than enough for us, mm -hmm. that we can always create more, that we will always be supported, that we will all be, always be resourced in exactly the way that we need to be at any given time. And there is always, always going to be the opportunity for further growth and expansion, but it's not something we need to race or rush through. It's going to happen for us very naturally once we sink into that flow of life. So lunar abundance seemed like the most uh, fitting <laughs> Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. title for this practice because it wasn't just about sort of the lunar feminine feeling emotional world although it is that it was also about this sense of relaxation and trust and reveling and savoring in all that is good and magical and beautiful about our lives which is captured by the abundance piece but yet what I love and I say yet deliberately is that is the dance between taking action and receiving and that that's that is so beautifully documented throughout the book um that taking action piece is something that i've always been very good at <laughs> but but then you know having the ability to relax into the place of receiving relax into the place of connecting more deeply inside is is something that you um you weave together not as if the moon is doing it to you. you know, as you say, you discovered your, uh, your process by paying attention to what was happening and then noticing the correlations. Mm. So, so how does, how does follow, I'm trying to think how to say this, how does following the moon cycle, um, how is it not just a mere, a mere matter of following it, but of, correlating um, what is happening within you and allowing that, that, that movement of the moon cycle to take you more deeply into what it is you're experiencing? I love this question. And I also love what you said about being, you know, an A plus action taker. <laughs> Laurie, I laughed there because I <laughs> And so much of this practice for me has been around allowing myself to take the foot off the gas, so to speak, allow myself to take the hands off the wheel and to feel like I need to be constantly pushing in order for anything to get done, in order for me to achieve my goals, uh, in order for me to actualize my work in, the world, mm -hmm. um, in whatever shape or form that will yeah. take. And so many of us, I think, are trained into this, you know, into the how-to and the work and the action. But what I've learned through working with the moon cycle, flowing with the moon cycle, playing with the moon cycle, <laughs> if you will. Most of all, playing with it. <laughs> is that the doing mode is just one mode of operating yeah. and that... The being mode is this very underrated mode of operating, underrated at least in, you know, again, talking about our very busy modern mm -hmm, Western mm -hmm. In our Western culture. Mm -hmm. To the US, of course, and, and, and Canada and the UK and Europe, I think we're all very, very much um, conditioned in the doing and conditioned out of the being. However, mm -hmm. what I found in working 
with the moon cycle is that in resting into the being, just allowing things to be, allowing the space for the resting, for the restoring, and as you say, for the receiving, then not only are we able to have a more sustainable life and enjoy our lives Mm -hmm. a little bit more, be kind to ourselves, but we allow the space for magic. We allow the space for welcoming in what we may not even have been able to dream up. Exactly. To oh, do yeah, absolutely. <laughs> for our five-year plans. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I feel about this now in my, in my life. I feel like if I'd gone back 10 years ago and I tried to imagine or to sketch out what my life looks like now, I simply wouldn't have been able to do it. I simply wouldn't have known that A, this was possible, mm-hmm. or B, what action steps I could even take. Yeah, What I've learned is that by following the crumbs, by connecting in much more deeply with how it is that we're feeling in any given moment and then showing up and I guess either acting from that place, so taking discerning action from that place or even not acting, just being, maybe Mm -hmm. saying no, putting in place Mm -hmm. boundaries Mm -hmm. around those things that aren't in alignment with our values and priorities. It's almost like then we start to cultivate this magnetic quality that that which is absolutely perfect for us and our ongoing development, opportunities and so forth will come to us. And it's our job to be able to receive it, to notice these opportunities Mm -hmm. when they come and to have the level of even, I think, self-esteem or worthiness to feel that we are deserving of what it is that's coming our way and that we don't need to work harder in order to allow that to unfurl in our lives. We perhaps need to work more softly, more gently with ourselves in order to be able to do that. Right. That that inner journey, I mean, everything about my work is about learning how to connect with, to hear, and then to follow that inner guidance. And, Mm -hmm. And that's where I relate to what you're saying about that magic. Because... We can't predict how something is going to happen. We may hold a picture of what it is we want, but if we start putting all these um, uh, barriers or, or things into place that say this is how it has to happen and what it has to look like, we miss the, the, the thread of magic that wants to come in and, and surprise the half hour out of us. <laughs> Right, yeah, and allow it to be easy. Mm-hmm. Allow yeah. it to be easy. One of the things you said just a little bit ago about setting an intention, um, in your book you said, it takes courage to dream. And mm-hmm. I loved that line. I loved, I loved that because if we don't allow ourselves to dream, it's like the universe doesn't know how to respond to us. And, and, and part of learning how to dream is, is spending time in that inner world. Can you say a little more about that courage that you mentioned? Yes, because I feel like we need to be bold and take a stand around who we are and what we desire in this mm-hmm. life mm-hmm. because so few of us really do that. 
So many of us feel that, you know, we are here to go through the motions. And mm-hmm. even if we're not thinking that consciously, actually on a subconscious level, our, our, our thinking patterns, our actions, our behaviors, the things we say actually show that that is true. We think that there is a preordained path for us, you know, mm-hmm. and oftentimes we get that path from the templates around it, whether us, sorry, the templates around us, whether that be our parents when we're younger or, or older, whether that be mm-hmm. yeah, in our, um, in our immediate sphere of influence, our peers, our colleagues, we often tend to look to those external people around us and we imitate, you know, humans are very, mm-hmm. very good at imitating. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, and that gets us to a certain point, right? That's how we learn and that's how we grow to a certain point. But if we want to fully actualize ourselves, if we want to connect in with our true purpose, why we are really here is the mm-hmm. unique expression of our very, you know, unique soul, which I believe we all have. We mm-hmm. all have something unique here for the world. And we all have a way of expressing ourselves in a way which is going to be completely in integrity with us, who we are as an individual. But in order to get to that place, there's a process of deconstruction that you need to go through. There are people mm-hmm. in your life who are going to tell you that, no, this just simply isn't possible. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, there were people that were like, no, 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 writing a book is going to be really hard. <laughs> you know, what a terrible you know, journey that you're embarking upon. And I say, well, no, actually, I feel like writing this book is going to be easy and joyful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I brought that to that. There were people that told me, no, of course you can't leave a safe, traditional, you know, legal career and start your own business on the internet like that's completely mad so it took courage for me to say no 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 this is feeling so good for me you know I'm Mm -hmm. feeling something in this which makes me come alive so even though it doesn't make sense to the people around me even though it doesn't make sense to me Laurie well but your own aliveness meter (laughs) if I can put it that way was was showing you was showing you something and you were willing to listen yes but it does take courage to listen to yourself it does you're surrounded by a world that is naysaying you and your deep dreams yeah so many of us experience that Mm -hmm. every step along the way and I you know and I find that the more the more I'm willing to listen inside it it takes then it takes obedience and that's a funny word you know to listen and to obey what my own inner wisdom is telling me to do and you know that courage to do that and to put one foot in front of the other and say this seems crazy and yet it feels right. It feels aligned. And, mm. and that's, that, um, that's that paying attention to the feeling body, which is my words for it. But you talked about that a lot, uh, about anchoring within as a focal point. Mm. Yeah. So the moon represents feelings and emotions. And so for me, when I'm talking about feelings, what I mean is, the physical sensation that yes. comes on that somatic level mm-hmm. in the body. Yes. You know, that physical yep. feeling. Where in your body are you, you know, having that aliveness? I love what you said, the alive meter. Like, where <laughs> is, that? is there a warmth and expansion in your chest, you know? Yeah. 
is there like a buzz in your sacral center in your womb? You know, where in your where in your body are you feeling mm-hmm. what is going on? And similarly, you know, where in your body are you feeling a clench in your gut? Exactly. You consider staying in a job, in a marriage, in a situation which simply mm-hmm. is not serving you and your highest good. Um, so paying attention to what it is that your body is telling you is one step. But firstly, before we pay attention, we need to hear it. We need to yes, listen. We need to listen. Yeah. And we need to cultivate that sense of deep listening. Yeah. You know, what the Australian Aboriginal people will call dadiri, this sense of deep listening and we cannot be in this state of deep listening to ourselves to our intuition to our bodies to the world to the rhythms of what's going on around us to the other people in our lives we can't be in that state of deep listening when we're emotional at the time when we're constantly going exactly so this is why we need to cultivate this sense of being or or the yin to the yang Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the moon cycle practice is so helpful for me because with those eight moon phases, I divide those up to yin and yang. So there'll be three or four days of a yang phase, three or four days of a yin phase, three or four days of a yang phase, three or four days of a yin phase. This probably makes a little bit more sense, you know, when you're looking, going through through the book. But, mm-hmm. you know, there are these, uh, I guess, working with the moon cycle in this way is a microcosm. It's an ability to cultivate this sense of going and leaning in and moving forwards and then being Mm -hmm. coming back and listening yes and it's it's a practice it takes time it takes time to really integrate this in your life but the benefits are just so enormous how has it how has doing this practice changed your ability to to listen I want to say it in your words, in the midst of a yang phase, in the midst of taking action, so that you're knowing, so that you have discernment, that you can find the discernment. You know, is this the right next step? Is this the right um, person I'm to speak with? That kind of thing. I feel like the way this has helped me the most is that it gives me permission to stop in the moment. Mm -hmm. I don't need to give an instant answer you know mm-hmm. even an, mm-hmm. an instant yes or even an instant no it can be totally appropriate to say in a given situation and yes you know I have a I have a business you know, I'm out in the world I'm doing real work I'm I'm mm-hmm. confronted with a lot of action a lot of difficult decisions <laughs> constantly throughout my day but to say leave it with me when I'm asked something I don't need to answer on the spot yeah because it's more important to me to not be rushed, to not be mm-hmm. pushed, even mm-hmm. that if that involves in the middle of a very busy time. And actually I'm in a very yang season of my life right now with the book coming out and promoting the book and going mm-hmm. on, on tours. So this mm-hmm. period of my life is actually on the whole a very yang time. But what's happening is in this time, because I have cultivated this sense of yin and being uh, on, a, on a regular basis and I'm bringing this to every part of my life now is that I refuse to get stressed. You know, I'm refusing to take on more than I can really handle in any given situation. I don't feel like I need to say yes in every situation, even though I would love, of course, to show up and mm-hmm. with every opportunity and every invitation mm-hmm. and every person. 
um, I know that I can't do it all. And I just give myself this permission to continue to operate and navigate the world, even in a very busy period, in in a way which is still deeply relaxed. Yeah. Where I give yeah. myself that space, that time, which might only be five minutes. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Now, that's a really important point because you're not talking about taking time out to go sit on top of the mountain in the midst of your busy schedule or in the midst of a board meeting. Right. Yeah. It can be as simple as, you know, just give me a moment. Yes. And for you, it's that time of, of taking a breath and, and, you know, connecting within your own feeling body to see what's next, see if this is right, see if you're to say yes or to say no. Absolutely. Even if it's a matter of just even going into the bathroom and closing the door. Exactly, yes. Closing the door. <laughs> into that physical sensation. What is my body telling me? What am I feeling in this moment? Yes, yes. I love it. I love it because I, I so often give people that advice to, to go into the bathroom. Okay, you're in the corporate world. Nobody can stop you from saying, excuse me, I, I, from going to the bathroom. And no one's going to know if you're there in your cubicle and you take a conscious breath to check in with yourself. You can look as if you're looking at your computer, but you're focusing inside. Right. So, that, so then um, the other thing that was so, that I loved so much in your book was you talked about, or the question you asked was, what is the point of personal development? And it was in reference to how in knowing thyself, there is another purpose. It's not simply to take the inner journey just to take the inner journey, to discover more about myself just to discover more about myself. But as with the hero's journey, in the, in the place of the return, after we go through our trials and our tribulations, after we go through the belly of the beast and have the dark night of the soul, then we come back with, with that magic elixir and we get to give back. So can you speak to some about that, about how personal development is not the final goal? I absolutely love that you have brought this up, Laurie, because this is one of my favorite topics. Mm. And I feel like it's not spoken about enough in the personal development circles which are so important, right? You know, personal development. Mm -hmm, absolutely. Key place because we can't show up and be the best leaders and parents and, you know, real, you know, friends and so forth in the world if we're not in that deep state of knowing and alignment with ourselves. However, what I have observed as a trend in these kind of circles and communities is that people tend to get into personal development and it can go on forever. It can almost be an end goal in and of itself. Yes. And the issue with that is that personal development is an individual. It's a highly individual journey. It has to be. Everything we've talked about is mm -hmm. about knowing the self and the self is individual. At least, you know, that's our understanding of it in the West. Yes. But, but, but. I feel like that next step 
needs to happen. We need to come back into the world. We're filling up our cups, not simply mm-hmm. to feel good, although we want to have that expression of, 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 of joy and, and completion in our lives. Of course we do. But it's not the end goal. Feeling good is not what it's actually all about. Yes. There is, or, and in psychology, they talk about this in terms of being subjective well-being and psychological well-being, where subjective well-being is about this sense of enjoying yourself, you know, having that hedonistic mm-hmm. experience of life because life is actually great. Um, but it's also about having this psychological well-being. It's about having a sense of meaning and purpose. It mm-hmm. is about making a bigger contribution to the world at large and knowing that the contribution that you can make to the world at large when your cup is filled up and is overflowing mm-hmm. is actually going to be that much more impactful. And so I put this principle, this, uh, this abundance principle, at, towards the end of the eight phases. This is actually something we practice at phase number seven. And I do that very intentionally because I think it is important to put the oxygen mask on first. It's important to go through yes. those other six principles mm-hmm. first. And mm-hmm. so many you know, the, of the very you know, successful, you know, high-performance people that I work with out in the world simply have not got the memo on that. Um, well, it comes late in the moon cycle in this practice, but it must, must, must be there because otherwise, you know, we do, I find, end up in these very sort of, you know, closed loop um, environments where it becomes very self-absorbed. That's the, that, that's, the, that's the problem when actually it is a real luxury. It's a real privilege to be able to take the time and put the resources and the energy into yourself, into knowing yourself, into being the best person that you can possibly be. And I'm a big believer that when, you know, we are in this place, we then have, you know, this responsibility Mm. to be out there in the world really sharing the love. Yeah. It makes me think of, you know, who are we in community? Yes. So, you know, you brought out the two, the two different um, traps, if you will. Um, it's probably a better word to use for that. But one is, you know, that push, push, push to do, 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 and then you get depleted and your cup isn't full. So how can you be a leader? How can you do anything for anyone else if you're not serving yourself first? That on the one hand. And then on the other hand, there is, okay, yes, I know I have to give to myself. I know I have to put on my oxygen mask first. But then do I get to look around and see who needs my help to put Mm. their oxygen mask on? Yeah, because we know that the world needs uh, the world needs a lot of love and mm. help, and it's so important for us to be sharing our privilege. I deeply, deeply believe that. Yeah, and I and I love that that you put all of that in because it really, like the moon, it it, it creates the fullness of of that cycle of of that cycle of life, of that cycle that is regularly occurring within our own system. So my, my last question to you would be, as, as much as I want to go on and on and on, <laughs> um, how can lunar abundance and the principles that you have put forth in your beautiful book help people thrive in a mainstream world? 
Well, what I love about this practice is that it is so easy to integrate into a very busy life. And I created this practice when I was working, you know, incredibly long weeks in the corporate world. And mm. I, um, I needed something which was going to complement everything that I was already doing. Mm. And so I feel like there's a real simplicity to this practice and I still practice it today. Mm. So for instance, you know, at the new moon, which rolls around once a month, it's very simple to set a new moon intention. I spend around 10 minutes setting a new moon intention, which is somatic, which is feeling based. And I talk through the how to, you know, the ceremony mm -hmm. in, in the first chapter of the book. And then to sit with that intention, to be with that intention for just a couple of minutes a day is really key to the practice. So I love the liminal spaces between the shifting um, daylight and, you know, the nightlight and so forth. I find those twilight times to be such a beautiful period of the day as the changing the shifting of the mm. cycle if you will to really yeah. connect in with what it is that I'm wanting to cultivate in my life what's the feeling of what it is that I want to draw into my life at this particular time so mm -hmm. when I wake up in the morning before I even get out of bed I just spend a couple of minutes connecting with my intention in meditation and it sets up my entire day with the real frequency of what it is that I'm intentionally creating in my life, what it is that I'm welcoming in, in this particular moon cycle. So yeah. it's something which is so easy to draw in. And then each uh, moon cycle, so each moon cycle, there's eight moon phases and each one of those phases lasts for a few days apiece. And there's just an invitation, a prompt to each one of those eight moon phases to put your attention in a particular place in a particular way so for instance we've spoken about giving back and that's the focal point for the seventh of the eight moon cycles mm -hmm. there's also uh, a phase where we're considering gratitude there's a phase where we're considering discerning action there's an invitation to just really trust, not to do anything, but just to trust. And so each few days, there's just an uh, invitation with each of the shifting phases of the moon to put your attention or awareness in a particular place. And you can see the phases of the moon, the dates of the phases of the moon. I've got a free download from my website. I post about this on Instagram. So it's a very live practice that you can follow along with the moon as your mirror always inviting you to come back to yourself, to come back within when you see it at night. Yeah. So it's a very, very simple practice. And what I find with consistent, simple practices is that they have a cumulative effect over time. And so even though in the moment each day, it might not seem like you are doing a big transformative uh, experience, you know, mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. your life, it's not like, you know, you're going away for a whole weekend, <laughs> the deep psychodrama or, you know, the, you know, the deep, deep sort of, you know, existential work, which can also mm -hmm. be really fun. But this particular practice is not designed like that. It's designed mm -hmm. as an easy complement. But what I find is that when you get to the eighth of those eight moon phases each month, when you get to the, the dark moon phase at the end of the moon cycle, and you're reflecting on what's happened in the month that has been, what you will see is that those small, simple actions each day will have had a cumulative effect and you will have had a transition, a growth, an evolution in the past month. It happens every single time without fail. And so it's a very 
supportive and gentle way to help you flourish consistently over time. And I love the consistency of that. And, and something you point out over and over again in your book is that there will always be another moon cycle. So, mm-hmm. if, you know, if something didn't happen in the way you think it ought to have or, you know, you didn't quite do what you thought you wanted to do, you have another opportunity. Yes, it's the essence <laughs> of abundance, I feel. It's yeah. Like it's, we're going to run out. It'll just keep going. Yeah. And maybe it won't be like full fireworks all the time, although sometimes it can be that. <laughs> <laughs> it can. It can. It can. <laughs> Um, but I find that it is absolutely, as you say, it's that consistency. It's the devotion. Mm -hmm. It's the the showing up in a very easy, small and simple way over and over again. That's where you reap rewards. And I do love your devotion to this process and to what you have created and, and the way in which it is now uh, welcoming so many different um, uh, people around the world and, and that you're, you're going to be uh, in the U.S. doing different events. And you told me when, before we started that you'll be coming back later again this year. So um, I know I, I want to hear more about that. I want people to know that um, they can find you on the web at www dot lunarabundance.com and that you're I know you're also very active on Instagram and that's at Ezzy Spencer uh, on Instagram E-Z-Z-I-E-S-P-E-N-C-E-R is there anything else you'd like to say before we we go off into our rest of our day (laughs) (laughs) we're on opposite sides of the world right now so I you know, <laughs> you never know. <laughs> right. Well, it's just an invitation to the next time that you see the moon in the sky at night to really pay attention and to work with the moon as a mirror and allow that glimpse of the moon in the sky at night to invite you just to come back inside yourself and ask yourself, what am I feeling? You know, what's actually going on for me at this moment? And what is it? that I really do desire in my life? And how can this ancient, beautiful orb, which people around the world for centuries, you know, every lineage, every culture has worked with Mm -hmm. the moon cycle and often in a way where it is around, you know, fertility and creativity Mm -hmm. and mystery and magic, the subconscious realms. Allow yourself to drop into those realms through working with the feeling, through connecting in with your inner self and just connecting with how powerful you really are. Mm. Oh, that's so beautiful, Ezzie. Thank you so much for being here today. And thanks for being with us today at Wisdom Talk Radio. Remember to check out the Terea Touch training that's happening in the south of France in March. You can find out more over at www.thebacajourney.com under the Terea tab. And I'm Laurie Seymour, wishing you a journey full of discovery and illumination. Thanks for joining us here at Wisdom Talk Radio. We wish you well in your conscious explorations. For more information and to join in the conversation, 
Our website is wisdomtalkradio.com or at Wisdom Talk Radio on Facebook. <laughs>